You're listening to episode 145 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is how God has wired us to be explorers with Samuel Chesley. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things the Lord, and travel. And if you have a passion for these things, or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is how God has wired us to be explorers with Samuel Chestnut. Hey, Christian travelers. I'm so glad that you tuned in today. We have an awesome guest from Ireland who's going to be talking about the fact that the Lord has wired us to be explorers and adventurers. And he is a person who has a very similar passion to me, believing that the Lord uh, has told us through scripture that travel is incredibly important. Um, And I'm excited to get to have him share some of those thoughts and ideas with us today. But before we dive in, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. In the coming weeks, we're going to be releasing a platform that will allow you as Christian travelers to get to network, connect with one another around the world, plan trips together, and just build a safe community focused on that Christian travel community. So go ahead, head there, uh, join our email list to get updates about that, and get updates about our most recent podcast as well. But without further ado, Samuel Chestnut is a husband and best friend to his wife, Sarah. Together, they have four beautiful children, ages 10 to 4. Samuel is a lover of all things travel, good food, of laughter, and of Turkish delights. Hey, Samuel, how are you doing? Hello, Sarah. I'm well. We finally did it. We got to this podcast how long have we been waiting for this <laughs> i don't know maybe a year or so but yeah. i'm so excited that you're here well thank you for the invitation i'm delighted to be here and uh, before we go any further i want to say thank you to you for your efforts in trying to build this christian travel network i do think it's a really good thing that you're doing and i'm delighted to be able to help and be part of that and i commend it to all our listeners hop on that christiantravelers.net and you'll be encouraged thank you i really appreciate that Um, well, Samuel, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, just your love for Christian travel, how that came into being? Okay, let's just start with a heavy question. Well, um, yes, yes, I I formerly was a teacher for about 16 years. Um, and as part of that, um, part of that job, one of the things that I enjoyed best about, um, teaching was the field trips, was the getting out of the classroom. And in my context, going to explore the story of Patrick its origins, the Christian history of Ireland. But as with my older students, I took them on the study trips to Rome. Um, later, I volunteered with the company and took them to, to Israel. So just sort of taking that aspect of the teaching profession, I just loved outdoor teaching in the classroom uh, and doing it uh, as we traveled. And then an opportunity arose after I met my beautiful American wife um, to actually start a travel company. And I thought, could we really make a go of this? Like, like, could I make a career out of offering initially study tours, but then I grew much broader than that. Um, um, my for my friends in America, um, Beth, Bethlehem Baptist in Minneapolis, they said, "Yeah, give it a go." So we did one trial trip, and out of that trial trip, it just blossomed into what we now know as Eden Gate Travel. So that's how the story came about. 
Um, but I'll pause there and let you ask any further questions of clarification if you want. Well, that's really awesome. Actually, um, I kind of had that same hmm. situation. I was in ministry, but I found that um, I had such deeper conversations and relationship building uh, when we were out on retreats and on trips. Mm. And that was kind of a big pull for me as to um, why Christian travel mattered. It was a big piece of the relational building. Yeah, there's something about when you're on tour that um, you let your hair down. Well, not in my case. You let your hair down. For those who can't see this, I'm completely bald, so I can't let my hair down. But metaphorically speaking, you let your hair down and you become more relaxed in a traveling context and conversations open up, they blossom. And if you're if you're clued into what what God has wired us to do and relationally love other people, um, travel is a great opportunity to, to go there, to go to people's hearts, to find out what's going on in their lives as you together stand observing and exploring a particular destination so yeah i totally identify with that sarah that's really um a great thing yes and speaking of wired one of your beliefs is that we are um or that god has designed us to be explorers that we're wired in that mm. way can you explain that a little bit i would love to yes and i'm going to explain that using our motto as uh, to help do that so what I believe has basically fashioned and formed how we have built our company. So our motto was explore, marvel, share. Um, and, and I believe that God has wired every human being to, to be explorers. Now, where do I get that from? I get that from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28. Um, you find one of the first commands that God gave human beings was to be fruitful, was to multiply. He calls us to fill the earth and subdue it. Some translations render that as go forth and multiplier, mm -hmm. go forth and fill the earth, go forth and subdue it. But in that sort of filling the earth and, and moving out, there is movement, there is a going. And so I believe we've been wired by God to go and built into the DNA of every human being is that exploration, that, that going. Um, so to be human is to explore. To be human is to, to, to go. And well, that's just some far flung place on the planet or in your own backyard or the field next door, that is, that's within us. We love exploring and we're wired by God to do that. And as we go out and explore, something brilliant happens. We find stuff. We find the Grand Canyon. We find a flower at the bottom of our garden. We find a beautiful vista at the top of a mountain. We find a gorgeous tree or we see it in you know, four different seasons. When we find those things, we marvel. You, you can't not stand on the precipice of the Grand Canyon. You can't not stand at the top of a beautiful mountain in any location looking down and not marvel. We actually, it, it just, something within us is created by God just to go, whoa, that is amazing. So we marvel. So we're, I believe we're designed by God to go and explore. We're designed when we find those things to actually to marvel and just shout about it. But thirdly, you can't not find those things and not talk about it. Mm. You know, we want to we want to share. We want to gossip the things that we find about in, in our holidays and we travel and the things we discover. So we're wired to share it. So I think that 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 natural progress of exploring and marveling and sharing, it can be applied not just to creation. Here's my my point that we actually can apply it to the character and the goodness of God mm. and what we do 
um, on this side of the resurrection, I think, is a rehearsal of what we'll do on the other side of the resurrection when Christ returns. So th th there will never be a, a place where we will have reached the, the full depths of the exploration of God's character. Mm. He's, he's infinite. We will spend our forever um, discovering little extra nuances about his grace and his goodness. And as we find those things, we will marvel at them. And then we will turn to those who are with us in eternity and we will share and talk about it with them. So the way we have tried to build our company is almost when you come on one of our tours or come of our travel experiences, it's almost like a rehearsal for what you will do in the new heavens and the new earth forever. We will spend our forever exploring, marveling and sharing not just Christ and his and, and the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, but his creation and with the people we love. So. I believe that we're, we're wired by God for that. We're, we're wired by God for the big, the great, the wonderful. We're wired by God for himself. And one of the means by which he helps us discover him is his creation. He uses the beautiful things in this planet to help us better see him. John Piper describes it as a, uh, and he's quoting C.S. Lewis when he says this, when he's talking about, you know, man's problem is not that we cannot find pleasure or cannot find joy. Our problem is that we're far too easily satisfied with lesser things. And he talks about we're far too satisfied um, playing with mud pies in, in, a, in a drain system rather than actually being satisfied with a sandcastle on a beautiful beach. And so when we fall in love with the things of creation, whether it be travel, whether it be family relationship, whether it be food or culture, when we fall in love with those things without referencing the source of those good things, we're actually missing the point. And so mm -hmm. travel is a really good way at helping us look beyond the joy of what we're traveling to, to the source of the one who makes that good culture, good food, good creation, good, all that stuff. <laughs> so that's just a, a foundational introduction to it, Sarah. <laughs> yes, yes. And as we're exploring marveling and sharing, um, you were touching on how it's so important to acknowledge the creator, mm. but at the same time, because it's something that's um, wired in all of us, whether we're believers or not, we're all yeah. um, doing this naturally. We're all marveling. There's just some people who don't know that the creator is what they're truly marveling after. Um, and as Christians, we're just blessed to have that perspective. Yeah, and that perspective... Um can really be a real good um, evangelistic tool, you know, and it's, it's a winsome way to get to the source of creation in Christ. When, you, when you're out traveling the planet with people um, or your friends in your own location, th there's a joint joy in exploring together. And that is very disarming. And so as you enjoy together, certainly in my, in my case, as I have enjoyed uh, the, the traveling experience I've had with, particularly with atheists and agnostics there's a real desire to engage on the bigger issues like we don't hide the fact we are a christian travel company that offers christian tours for churches for couples for anybody but i have been really shocked by the requests of of agnostics and atheists to come on these tours because they say you know we want to to engage at that level and we want to be, go with somebody who, who believes for themselves what they're talking about so i find that aspect um, really interesting and a bit bewildering at times, but um, I relish and enjoy the opportunity to talk about those things, as you say. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's really interesting that they choose to engage with you um, 
and how you get to use that as an opportunity not only to witness but also to just marvel over his creation yeah um do you believe that people embrace this desire for exploration or do they kind of shy away from it. I know during COVID there's, there's been a lot more people just kind of stuck inside and have they just developed a habit of kind of shying away from exploration you think, or is it still there? Oh, I, well, as I said at the start to explore is to be human. It, it will always be there. So to, mm-hmm. to be human is to explore and want to get out. Um, you know, we're, we're drawn to windows. We're drawn to light. We're drawn to fresh air. We're drawn to experiences and, and um, COVID certainly has, um, I think, heightened that desire. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, just clarify your question for me again. Was it the question, do we, are human beings? Do people shy away from exploration? And if so, why? Do people shy away from exploration? Um, I don't know if they shy away from it because mm-hmm. they're wired for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about finding opportunity to encourage them to go that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, because I certainly, I think like you know, when I reflect on like Psalm 19 verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim his handiwork or Isaiah 55 verse 12, the trees and the fields clap their hands, their clap their hands. There is a, there is a melody. There is a song being sung by creation and it is gravitating towards praise for God. And we are part of that creation. So whether people are aware of it or not, um, I believe humanity is drawn to that praise of something bigger than themselves. Augustine talks about every human being have a God-shaped hole in their heart. And until Christ is in that heart, that space, they will never be truly or fully human. And so there is a desire to pull yeah, creation and the way we're wired as, 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 as humans by God creation is singing that song and we join in with that song and travel is one of the ways that we do that um so i'm not sure if that answers your question but i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um i i think i agree for the most part that we all are definitely seeking it Mm. i think that there's maybe more of a hesitant attitude towards it or anxiety sometimes um it's there's this desire also i think that we wrestle with to stay in our comfort zone sometimes Um, And I think that is kind of that um, sinful nature trying to hold us back from seeing those amazing wonders of the Lord at the same time. Hmm. And you mean that you mean the likes of COVID having an impact on that and causing us not to be able to, to engage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and to some regard, and I know every circumstance is different, but um, I think, uh, you know, I think we see this transformation for many people as we move from our youth to our adulthood and mm. and uh, just kind of uh, losing a sense of wonder sometimes um, or stifling our wonder and creativity that, you know, it's still there, but we don't nurture it as well as maybe we should. Yeah, I, I do agree with that because I think um, Shakespeare says familiarity breeds contempt. Mm. Um, you can become so familiar with something, it loses its wonder. Um, and one of the one of the challenges of living in a fallen, cursed world is that we become bored very quickly mm-hmm. and we even become bored with creation. Ah, I should have seen it before. You know, the, the, the truth of the gospel, eh, no big deal. That, that's where, our, you know, with a, an inclination towards that, then we have to 
we, well, we need the Holy Spirit to regenerate us and to move us in the direction of um, fresh discovery that we find in the Word. And again, travel and time and his, yeah, creation helps that because Psalm 19 or Psalm 119 communicates that there's two things that communicate truth about God and it is his Word, um, but creation. So those two things together. So ideally, um, when you're going traveling, Bible in one hand, travel guide in the other is a sweet spot. Yes, yes. Um, And talking about Bible in one hand and travel guide in the other, you have um, kind of, I guess you've explored um, a theology of travel, and I don't think that's a term we hear very often. Mm. Do you want to elaborate on that? Sure. Um, Yes, we have. (laughs) Our company sort of grew out of a desire to to invite people to to explore their own Christ-centered theology of travel. Um, I think one of the struggles I had with Christian travel in the past was it was it it settled for less. Mm-hmm. Having a good time, enjoying God and creation is is good, but there's so much more in that. Um, and knowing that we're dis- we're wired by God for Him, um, really sort of encouraged me to start thinking about well what what is a christ-centered theology of travel because colossians talks about um in everything he is preeminent or in everything he has the supremacy so if christ is lord of all well surely that means he's lord of our leisure or we say leisure your leisure leisure time as well um so what does that look like and i started to think well if christ was lord of my leisure time what would that look like? So does a right understanding of God infiltrate every single area of my life, my marriage, my business, and in this case, leisure? Um, and so I was trying to give thought to what that looks like. And so we developed what we, it's, it's, it's nothing spectacular in one sense. It's just Bible verses that call us to, re, to reflect on who Christ is, his lordship of all areas, and how we can practically give over our leisure and travel time to him so that when we and what's that look like in practice when we go to a destination um it's seeking out the the, the ministry opportunities in that location in fact one of the maybe we'll we can expand on this in a moment but one of the ways we actually built Eden Gate was to instead of starting with the travel Sarah we started with the the efforts of mission work across a given country so for example in Ireland rather than start with beautiful locations and there are loads of them in Ireland we said where are the where are the church planting efforts across the country where are the missionaries and the pastors and their families that are trying really hard to share the the good news of who Jesus Christ is in a given location and you can be guaranteed that no matter where they're doing it they're in a beautiful location in Ireland so (laughs) rather than build the itinerary around the lovely locations we pinpointed the church planting efforts and said right we will build our itineraries around those planting efforts or those mission agencies. And mm-hmm. that's how we uh, practically try to develop a Christ-centered theology of travel. And we basically invite our guests into that. So they get, um, you know, from an American perspective, they're getting what Americans are looking for when they come to Ireland, which is leprechauns, which is little stare- stories and fairies and Guinness stew, <laughs> <laughs> all these things that Americans are looking for. But on top of that, they're being introduced to the, the Christian story of Ireland, not just in Patrick's time, but right up to date. 
You know, mm-hmm. so sadly in our history, we have killed each other for the sake of the gospel, which is awful in our Northern Irish context. And yet God has not given up on our wee particular corner of the globe. And there is beautiful things that are happening. There's peace, there's reconciliation, there's healing happening. So our tours try to plug our guests into that. So they have a really deep, rich relational experience alongside beautiful scenery, great culture and wonderful food. So that, that, that has been an attempt to develop a Christ-centered theology of travel and, and one offshoot, and I'm, I'm off on a, you know, a run here, please tell me to stop talking or interject, please, at any point. <laughs> one of the things that has grown out of that is, um, as I met with these pastors across Ireland over a three-year period, I discovered that so many of them were, um, they were struggling with the same issues. They were felt alone. The Republic of Ireland is actually the least reached English-speaking country in the world. And I never would have discovered that had I not have got out to travel. Had I not have got out to explore my island, I never would have discovered that fact. And many of these planters, or these church planters, never knew the other one existed. Well, they were aware of them, but not quite sure where they were at. So using travel and the travel industry, I invited those denominational network leaders together and said, let's meet each other. Let's talk about how we can do a joint up effort to reach our island for Christ. And I'm delighted to say that after three, four years, um, that body has actually birthed something called the Irish Gospel Partnership, which we chair as a travel company. As mm-hmm. I'm a business person who chairs that body of, 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 of leaders. And those leaders collectively um, strategically work out how can we reach the nation of Ireland together? Because we can do more together than we can apart. Um, and that is what grew out of our travel company. And we're now actually replicating that in Israel, Italy, and we'd start it in Ukraine, um, Norway, and a number of other destinations across Europe. So that model of sort of redeeming travel for the Great Commission is very much a driving force behind what we do. Um, and depending on the church group that comes in, will determine how heavily involved we get in that. Because not all groups want a deep church planting mission experience. And we would love that if it was the case, but many just want, do you know what? We just want to explore the country and we want a, a flavor of mission in our trip, introduce to these people, and we're delighted to do any level of those things. But I've said an awful lot there. I'm going to stop, take a breath, and let you ask a question. <laughs> uh, well, really, my question is, when you initially like started researching um, church planting around Ireland, was the thought that... Um, was the intent initially to support them by coming alongside them um, <laughs> as a travel group? Um, I know oftentimes missionaries do feel very alone. Was mm. the intent then for your group to come like support that church itself? Or did you have a different idea for that? Well, I would love to stand here and tell you, I had it all worked out from the beginning, Sarah, and I knew exactly <laughs> where we were going. <laughs> that is not the case. No, I just had a, 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 a deep, burden for the Christian effort in my own country. I'm from Northern Ireland, which is actually, in comparison, one of the most reached English-speaking countries in the world. And yet over the border, my closest neighbor was or is the least reached. So I felt a burden to do something about that. And well, if you're, if you're burdened for the loss in your nation, the most obvious thing to do is to start a travel company, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's not. But that's, you know, that's what the Lord put in my heart and used my circumstances to move it in that direction. So it's basically started with one. My my wife, Sarah, used to work for um, 
one of the pastors for John Piper's church in Bethlehem Baptist Minneapolis. Um, and that church family said, hey, Samuel, throw together a tour for us and see what comes of it. So it was one trial tour where I said, uh, okay, I think I can do that. Um, pulled the trip together, invited a few pastors. And at that point, that's when I realized, whoa, hold on a second. There, there's something in this. There's an opportunity to encourage, to use travel and the travel industry to encourage missionaries across our country. And it basically blossomed and grew out of that um, mm -hmm. to the point now where we try and host events, um, conferences. Um, and when a church approaches us, we, we use our travel agency net rates <laughs> to pass mm -hmm. that on to the church group to help them in, the, in, their, in their mission work. So it sort of, it, it grew, it took on a life of its own. And looking back, like the Lord has really, like I wasn't thinking logos, names, tags, website. That wasn't where I was, but the Lord has brought that to our to our plate and I'm delighted and humbled by it. Yes, absolutely. That's really cool. Um, and uh, how one little uh, thought or thing that the Lord was burdening you with led to the exploration mm. of travel all together. So, yeah. yes, it's amazing to think. And also out of that, sorry, here I go again. Another thing that happened <laughs> was that these American churches started saying, well, can, can we actually support these churches? I, sure, of course you can. So all of a sudden we are now offering logistics for church planning efforts from America coming across churches in Ireland, encouraging the Irish church to step up and be the indigenous leader backed mm -hmm. by a like-minded American church partner. So what has formed uh, is a transatlantic um, missional church planting effort that travel a travel company facilitates um mm -hmm. and, and as that grew these american churches that we want to send finance to support one of the things we want to do is send finance to these churches can we do that through you well then okay next problem how do i funnel charitable funds through but i'm very happy to receive any money that you want to give me but to be above reproach i couldn't do that so we had to sit down and work out right we have to start charity so we started the charity Mm -hmm. which Eden Gate, my company, financed and set up, and it's called Patrons International, and that is the 501c3 in the US and in the UK and in Europe, basically, which helps funnel financial support from very you know, generous donors in the US who want to back church planning efforts in Ireland and in Europe and beyond. So this little travel company, which started with a little idea of one trip, started a national gospel partnership in Ireland uh charity to fund that effort and that is now being replicated across a number of nations in europe and i still shake my head and go how on earth did that happen Where, what happened there <laughs> yes uh, well samuel we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast do you have any other uh things that you want to share or encourage with uh christian travelers in general Whoa, have we come to the end of our time already? <laughs> I know. Time, time flies. Um, I just, I would encourage you who are listening. Um, you, you, this is not me giving a plug. Come and book an Eden Gate travel holiday. No, um, by all means do if you want, but open your back door, get out there and start exploring as you will do in the new heavens and the new earth. Because I really do believe that you do not need to come on an Eden Gate holiday to do what God has wired you to do. Stop. 
smell the roses, take a look at that sunrise, you know, look at the grass, play with your puppy, engage with your children, love your wife, you know, do all these things knowing that they are only tasters of what is yet to come. Like any good thing we have on this earth, which travel can offer us, is only a very, very dim taster of the joy of what will is ahead of us. So I would just encourage you to in, involve Christ in your, um, in your, in your walking, in your exercising, in your loving, in your eating, in your cultural exploration, in your travel. Involve Christ in all of that, because all I keep telling my children, where do all good things come from? God's hand. That's true. So there, there, He loves you and. God's default is to just shower you with good things. And one of the ways he does that is travel and exploration. But I am conscious. I am talking and I need to draw. Are we having a part two to this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we should totally have you on again to talk about some more things. Um, But we didn't get to it earlier and I do want to now. You talked about um, uh, this exploration that continues in the new earth, in the Mm. new heaven. I think we had talked about this previously, but I wanted you to mention, do you believe that exploration and and travel will be something that we get to experience um, after Judgment Day? Oh, my goodness. An absolute resounding yes, Sarah. <laughs> and look, I, listen, I can't point to the Bible and say, and it says in this verse in the Bible, we will get up and we will climb a mountain and we will explore. You know, there's no, God has given us biblical imagination. Um, for example, Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, can you imagine sitting in God's presence in a fully resurrected brand new earth with fully resurrected bodies that will never ache, age, wither away in a context that you can never grow tired of? I cannot imagine we will sit on our backside <laughs> and do nothing. Do you know, <laughs> could, yeah. could you imagine what we can do with a resurrected mind that has no limits? Yeah. With resources that have no limits. So, so uh, <laughs> when, I, when I think about it, I get goose pimples or goose bumps down the back. Do you know, yes, I believe we will spend forever exploring God, his character and his planet with, with others. And maybe we should pause that and have a whole podcast with verses to unpack that at a later stage, because I think that would be something really worthwhile doing. And it would it it would enthuse us to get excited because, unfortunately, I think what happens in the church is we we sort of reduce our walk with the Lord to just what we do on a Sunday. No, Mm -hmm. God is just as interested in what we do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, during the week, every day of the week. And travel is one way of helping us get excited about what we will do in the new earth but i I, i'm listen i'm sorry i will stop talking (laughs) oh samuel uh i am just i appreciate your enthusiasm and uh i agree travel is just one piece of the bigger picture but sometimes when we stop to reflect on how god is a a role in all parts of our life including our leisure it helps us to put him this back into the center of so many other things. Hmm. Um, we've been really enjoyed hearing from you. Samuel, one of the questions that I always ask our guests is what has <clears throat> been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? Oh, nice light one for the end there, Sarah. And you want me to be <laughs> succinct? 
<laughs> uh, you know, we we got a little bit of time left. What is the best? Oh, Gunnar, what is the best God moment? I should have given more thought. But what is the best God moment that I have experienced in my travels? Oh, Sarah. Um, there was a moment when I was hosting a tour in Israel. And <laughs> we can edit this if you need to. There was a, I was hosting a tour in Israel and there was a bit of trouble in the, the old city, which often is the case. I'm from Northern Ireland. I'm used to bombs and bullets. This happens. <laughs> I grew up with it. Um, there was a moment where there's a crowd rush and everything had gone um, had gone wrong. And there was one particular girl in my group who was always late. And I said to the group, now, if you're going to come with me, please be on time. And, you know, as an adult, you can't tell other adults to be on time. You invite them to be there at the right time. Um, but she was late again. But after about two minutes, we were moving into the old city. And as we walked in, um, had we have been on time, we would have been right in the middle of the firecrackers and the whatever explosions that would have happened. Um, and God taught me a sort of a, a, just a tiny little lesson there, you know, trust me, even in, the, even in the opportunities where you get frustrated and annoyed, he is overseeing even in those. Because had we have been on time, we would have been right smack bang in the middle of that crowd that turned and surged. Mm. Um, that would have been trouble for my group. Now, that's not a good advertisement for going to Israel, you know. But that was a one-off occasion. Um, but the Lord taught me that. Um, I thought that wasn't a very good answer, Sarah. No, that's really good, and uh, that is a good reminder because I think um, often um, we're just go go go, um, mm. especially the American culture, and um, oftentimes we forget that the Lord is teaching us patience, or um, we oftentimes disqualify joy. <laughs> Sermon mm. that we just heard um, at my congregation a couple weeks ago. We disqualify joy by being impatient and um, rushing through the present. And sometimes uh, the Lord can teach us and keep us safe by delaying us. And yeah. that's amazing. Because the good news is he knows what he's doing, Sarah. <laughs> yes. he, he has oversight of the entire situation that we find ourselves in globally and locally as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Samuel, we've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our listeners connect with you outside of today's episode? Um www.edengatetravel.com if you're interested in connecting with me there um, or finding out what we do that website is about to be relaunched because our focus has been on Ireland initially but we're now branching out into other European Bible land destinations like Israel, Jordan, Egypt and Turkey and Greece and all that so by all means you can find us there with a Facebook page and we have another network which is called um, it used to be called the US Christian Travel and Tourism Network um, which we have been, I've become the president of that, um, but that is now called Wayfaith, the Christian travel and tourism um, thing. So I'm very keen to sort of even to continue our conversations, Sarah, about how we can do, have a joined up effort because I really think we could build a good global Christian travel network and I'd be delighted to do that with you. So find me there and you can get travel. If you ring that number or you send an email, it's me at the end, other end of the line. I'd be delighted to chat to any of you about not just a tour to Ireland or Europe, but a Christ-centered theology of travel. Well, thank you, Samuel. We've really appreciated hearing from you. You too, Sarah. Thanks.
Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you have been encouraged and that you have a desire to do some exploration and to embrace that call that the Lord has given us to explore, to marvel, and to share. And um, I encourage you to check out Eden Gate and connect with Samuel as well. If you're looking for other ways to connect with the Christian travel community, you are always welcome to join us at christiantravelers.net, follow us on social media, and of course, again, our platform will be launching soon, so stay tuned for more details about that. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and if you're looking for a similar episode, I encourage you to head to episode 97 where Dan Zayner shares what embracing adventure and exploration can look like also from a different Christian perspective or from a more outdoorsy one, I should say. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today, and until next time, safe travels and God bless.